Hi guys, this is CSA. I'm Angie. I'm Jess. And I'm Caroline. And we are here to bring you episode 204, Take Your Father to Work Day. Woo! Oh boy. I can't, like, what a freaking astounding episode. Honestly, just perfection from beginning to end. And honestly, I could be like, end of podcast. Like, that, like that's all we need to say. It was yeah. perfect from the first second to the last. Mm-hmm. But we were not going to stop yep. there, of course. Yep. Um, this episode is written by Elizabeth Peterson, and it is directed by Omar Mava, who also directed the previous episode, mm-hmm. and The Trip, which is still my favorite, but man, this one is close. Like, ooh, it's so close. Yep. It's so close. Yep. <laughs> so I'm just going to start right out the gate at the 10-second mark. Season Cat and Gabe Helfer, whether it was you guys that chose this or whether Elizabeth Peterson wrote it into the script... God bless the decision to put Destiny's Child over this opening scene. It is absolutely amazing. Watching Martin do these like, not even three degree squats for his workout. Like, oh man, this is just a hard life. Let me stretch. Look at my oatmeal. It needs nutmeg. You know, oh, it was just such an inspired decision on that part. It was so good. I loved watching Twitter just blow up with that. Like, <laughs> did they really just do that? <laughs> if you ask me to guess a song I, that not in a million billion years would I have been like, oh, Survivor by Destiny's Child. That's what they're going to use. What I love about this, though, is that, and I mean, there's like the best writing advice that I think I've ever gotten is like, pretend that your villains are they think that they're the superheroes and so it was like the perfect choice to have like martin be like yeah i'm surviving like malcolm not being here i'm doing my squats i'm eating with my spork i'm you know living life and it's just no 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 i even enjoyed that like mr david's knock to get him going was yes yes Yes. and his stretching and and then and then martin's side stretches those were those matched as well yes yep Yep. quality quality mm-hmm. decision there yep. and they, um, they showcase the mundane routine that martin has because he said what's on the schedule for today mr david and he says same as yesterday and same tomorrow and so. that's what's so great about using that song like that song is about like female empowerment i'm gonna make it i'm gonna get through the struggle and his struggle is literally like brushed his hair and did his teeth like that was his struggle today. And then oh, the oatmeal was slightly under seasoned. Like that was his big struggle today to get through. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we jump right into so many group therapy session scenes in this episode that are just off the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Jerry again, which a little part of me went, oh dear God, Caro. Because I didn't know how they were going to play him. And I was like, what are we about to do? Mm-hmm. That most of the our Discord is about to be like, grr. But I didn't feel like, I felt like they, you know, they handled that much better this go round because yes. they didn't mm-hmm. have to, quote, cure him of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did, I knew, and I think obviously the whole fandom knew, like he just overboasted about I'm leaving and I'm like you know you're Mm -hmm. in a room of people that aren't leaving right like you know you still have 24 hours to survive in here maybe this is not the uh initial response to have Michael Sheen's silent responses at first were just like oh yeah absolutely it starts off as like he's pissed Martin is pissed because he's not getting out like this guy is getting Mm -hmm. the one thing he wants and then there's a moment 
where that shifts to he's pissed because of the lack of recognition because he's not getting the recognition for having quote saved jerry and and Mm -hmm. all that so it does go like that kind of narcissistic background we have of him where it's like i want to leave i want to leave wait i did that why aren't you telling me how great i am and he gets a little angry there he does make a reference to rick steves which is one of the few times in my life i knew it without looking it up because my cousin is obsessed with the travel and food network <laughs> um he, it's an american travel writer he was not so much into like the actual videos uh, it was he's a little bit earlier on he was an author um but they mentioned him on some of those shows as being like a forefather to to the modern travel shows and stuff so you know he's naming all these places he's gonna go he's gonna have lobster and he's like yeah we get it travel dude like shut up that whole scene very much set up what the tone was going to be for for mm-hmm. the rest of this episode yes and i like that we get a name for bert who has our kind of third guy he's been there since the first group therapy episode he's always like one of the guys that's sitting in a chair and he finally got a little bit of spotlight this time bert got to have some lines and punch a dude in the face later he had all sorts of stuff going on yeah at the 331 mark, we meet Hans, who I sincerely hope we meet again, because boy, <laughs> does he throw the sass. Yes. And the accent, just the whole thing was so kind of overdone, but wonderfully. It was the, you, you are this spiller of wine. I like wrote that down. <laughs> Do you know the horrors that happened here? Yes. <laughs> Which reminds me of Rhode Island. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Anytime in the future I'm at a party, I'm like, you want to spill out of wine. No, you mean me. Hey, it was, well, that, but my wine was on the floor too. I'm the one that puts my wine glass on the floor. (laughs) It brought back fond memories of of get togethers amongst the crazies. I mean, just spilling wine everywhere. Oh my God. But even still, they keep tying back to that theme of people making comments that Malcolm overanalyzes because especially when he says, at least one of you has a soul and Malcolm's like, I loved that. And it's like, there's just so many brilliant writing moments where they do that. They bring up this comment that could absolutely apply to him, but is no way about it whatsoever. Yes. And he just has that, oh dear God. Yeah. And Mm. I mean, Malcolm's out there writing fiction faster than our fandom. Like he is making up stuff. Like, come on. He's just creating new stories. Later when he talks to Ainsley, he even makes up this whole thing off the top of his head. Like we need Malcolm on AO3. Like, can we please have some fic from Bright? Cause clearly he can come out of nowhere with some genius level fiction. Um, and so he's, he's always working that angle. And I just love that even in this episode, obviously it was kind of a rewatch. In this scene, Jessica is already calling mental bullshit on her son. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, oh, yes, Ainsley is incredibly clumsy. Like, just things where she's already computing and working and something's going on. Um, And I kind of love that because I think sometimes Jessica's character gets a little bit of hate for a little bit of the entitlement of the over-helicopter momming and stuff like that. And now it's like, okay, yeah, she is like that, but, like, this is putting the pieces together. Like, she is not messing around. And you know who else hasn't done that? Anyone else on the show. Mm -hmm. Like, give her a little bit of respect here. Like, come on. Like, give the woman some respect. She is honestly... A bit later, yeah. Yeah, she is honestly being a better detective than the actual detectives on this show. Like, yeah, dead ass. (laughs) Gil hasn't caught on to any of this. Caroline said it. Like, I can't imagine 
at least Gil, if not also Danny, maybe JT, maybe JT's like, I got a family and crap to deal with. I'm not worried about you right now. But like, at the very least, Gil should have questioned and maybe it happened in the missing time or whatever. But the minute the Endicott showed up in Estonia, like, why have we not been researching that? And I know that later when Alan Cummings' character comes in, that's literally that plot line. Like, hey, I've been working it from this side of the pond. Let's reverse track everything that's happened. But I'm like, are they just trying to like, we don't want to accept any of this. So we're just going to like, nope, we're not thinking about it. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I don't know. But I love our team. I feel like they're pretty smart people, but I feel like they just absolutely went, what? And looked the complete other way. On Except this for Jessica. <laughs> Thank you. Get it, Mama Whitley. Yes. I do have to say my 32nd. Dear God, your form, Michael Sheen. I'm sure it was partly for the show with the basketball. Having played basketball for 18 years of my life, I am completely on Mr. David's side. They're like, no, no, it is so much more than, than your form. Yeah. Um, now that being said, Tom Payne did tell us that he actually made his first shot and they had to reshoot. So well done. Ni- <laughs> nicely done, Michael. Touche. But a little part of me just went, ooh, honey, no. <laughs> and that's that's me playing basketball. So I was like, oh, this is exactly, this is what I look like. An absolute dipshit. I had to censor <laughs> myself there. <laughs> okay, that was well done. It was well censored. Um, and kind of jumping off of that, Props to our, I guess it's props department. Um, the creepy jawbone sticking out of Jerry on the ground. Beautiful in the most horrifically nauseating way. Like, well done. <laughs> you did what you're supposed to, but I just kept going, oh, like I I need to go, I need to go back and re-watch this because for some reason I and I meant to pause on that to watch that stuff because that's what I love. Yes, you, that is your niche for sure. But I didn't. I need to go back and rewatch it. That. Like I, it, I didn't catch the it on jaw my is just shifted, and there's like open yes, bone like, sticking out from the landing, and I just went, yeah, "Oh, well he, done. It's it's nicely made, but yuck." Yeah, because he just like hits face down, so it just, yeah, and he he hits yeah. at an yeah. angle. I so missed just, it honestly, on the first yeah. watch, but and then uh, and then I saw it on the second one, and I kept having to pause, and that was like right there was one of the spots I unintentionally paused on it. I was like okay let's go keep going yeah I was like <laughs> wow that's impressive gonna go ahead and keep going though yeah <laughs> at 557 we get something that can never be unheard and will forevermore be used in the fandom Gilly Oof. first of all just not that anyone in this scene sucked by any means but Lou Diamond Phillips in this whole scene from the moment he realizes he has to interact with Martin through corralling Idris's excitement, mm-hmm. all of it. Like he is just, he's a walking meme. And I say that with all, like, I say it with all the like positivity and no negativity meant in the world. And like respect. he is that yep. meme. He's that meme that people threw around on Twitter and Tumblr of like, you know, the wolves and like one straight face and the other two were just cackling. It's him. And it is so well done. Yes. I don't know how he kept a straight face like that with those two just going crazy like they were. Um, it, it was just, it was wonderful. And I did notice 
they used a different line from Adresa in the promo than they actually put in the episode. Yeah. Like it's the same line of the, I nearly spilled my chai, but it is a completely different delivery. Mm-hmm. In the promo, she was like, I nearly spilled my chai. Like <laughs> yeah. She was so over, overdone. Yeah. And then she, it was the much more subdued version that made it into the episode, which was kind of a neat little like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I liked seeing her fangirling, but there was all out fangirling. Cause I there was wondered what yes. it would look like. There was big nerd energy going on. Yeah, because like we saw in the pilot when, and actually I meant to go back and rewatch it so that that like was fresh in my head, but we saw when she, when they started thinking it was, the the crime was linked to um, Martin's crimes that she mentioned that she's like, she's followed it. Like she's learned about what he's done. I almost called it his work. Like that was something prestigious. Um, It is his work. Um, but, and she's on like these like chat rooms with other people like discussing it and things mm-hmm. like that. So I was really curious, <laughs> shout out to the fellow uh, true crime nerds. Uh, so I was really curious to see how they played out her one day getting to come face to face with Martin. Yeah. And the fact that it kind of lingers and it really is mm-hmm. Gil like, this is not appropriate. You yes. have to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. understand he's not like a Jonas brother or some celebrity and you're a teenager. Like you have to stop. Yeah. No, like that was completely appropriate. Like the, he killed 23 people. That was appropriate. And honestly, that was like, there are a lot of new true crime fans out there who act like that with certain people that I'm not going to name. <laughs> And it's just, yeah, and it's disgusting. And that's where you need to reel them in. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate Yeah, like that. the fangirls of murderers, like, listen, sis, like, no. No, that's nasty. That's yeah. nasty. Agreed. At 8.54, we have what we later learned through his live tweet was an unscripted chugging of Alka-Seltzer from, from Mr. Tom Payne. Which I just adored. I adored oh. the fact that Halston rolled with it and her little comments, yeah, go ahead, chug, do it. Like they just rolled Atta with boy. it. And as <laughs> someone, as someone who I don't drink carbonated beverages, I don't like them. Like I get kind of heartburn and stuff from them. Just watching him do that was painful for me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And not only is it a carbonated beverage, it's Alka-Seltzer. It's Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> exactly. And his stare afterwards, how he just sat, yes. the realization of, how how is this happening to me in my life right now it, it was such a great scene between him and Halston like we don't get enough of them having brother sister bonding moments that aren't let's cover up this murder mm-hmm. um and it was very much just like playful sibling shenanigans and yeah, it was, was so cute and I really was, enjoyed that yeah it was a true sibling scene and also it was um a great example of a phenomenon I'm I've definitely mentioned this to you Angie called the needle drop where we have the midnight rider by the Allman brothers that it's it's called the needle drop because it's supposed to simulate like you know you drop the needle on a record player and then it suddenly becomes a soundtrack but it's also in the background and I just loved how you know we started kind of with like a needle drop with survivor and then we bring it back again um it was just that was a that was a very nice moment (laughs) And it was very fitting because that song, if you listen to the lyrics, it is very fitting for what Malcolm is currently dealing with. (laughs) So there's this really cool shot in the next scene when we actually have Gil and Malcolm in the cell at Claremont, where Mm -hmm. it's just so gorgeously set up. Like you have Malcolm, you have Gil, 
and then you have Martin literally splitting the two. You have Gil and Malcolm on one side kind of coming at him like we're a team, but you have Martin, which is the thing splitting the actual father-son relationship apart visually. And that was a very neat decision. It's the back of Martin's head too. So you don't really Mm -hmm. even, you're not focused on his face. He's just the thing that is between these two. And little things like that, that like, you know, there's actual a lot of time and thought put into that by the cinematographers, by the directors, um, camera workers and all that. And it's a lot of times that stuff kind of gets overlooked, but this episode just has, I, I, we don't have time for me to hit every single one. This is a big one. Um, There's so many little things like that in this episode that just elevate the episode for me to like a top two by far in my standards. Um, And it's just that kind of detail is really beautiful. Exactly. And also, I also noticed that from a different shot of the same scene, the one where we have Malcolm and Gil's backs and then Martin in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I was sort of focused on how the lighting is on Martin because it's coming through the windows and then Malcolm and Gil are sort of dark. And again, going with the theme of like villains thinking that they're the superheroes, like Martin is like bathed in light and he's talking about like, I want to be on the team. I'm important. Mm-hmm. Like he thinks he's like this like innocent, righteous soul. And here is, you know, Gil, who in his mind is like, oh, he's trying to take my boy away from me and my and my wife. Um <laughs> I mean, he, he <laughs> those jabs. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's just like from Martin's perspective, when we see Martin face on the lighting, you know, puts him in the spotlight and then we reverse it, you know, depending on where the camera is facing, the lighting has focused like who whose perspective it's coming from and I loved that too there's a really cool remix of the we're the same theme that happens during this when he is um when he Martin is kind of throwing out the idea that we need to go to group therapy and we'll play this out blah 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 the notes are really kind of bouncy and exciting and you can almost picture like an excited cat getting ready to pounce like he's like so ready like I the have butt this... wiggle the butt wiggle yeah oh thank you exactly like Rrr. yes like that's him in this moment and it's played like that and then the minute he brings up oh we'll have a profiler come in the we're the same thing comes in so it's like look here's a little predator he's having fun oh wait now I'm gonna bring my son into it and there's our theme um and it's it's a like piano version of it so it's super chill it doesn't sound very menacing but it's still him manipulating Malcolm into doing this. Malcolm's kind of very willingly going into it because he's like, let's do this. It'll be a blast. Um, but anytime he comes up with those kind of schemes, it's definitely always present there, courtesy of Mr. Bloom. Which leads us to group therapy at 1324. I don't know about you guys, but I'm with God. <laughs> Someone pointed that out. I loved that. That line just rolled. <laughs> like, I'm with Martin. Me too. I'm with God. I knew, is, I knew something like that would come out. Thank you. We got it. Yeah. If there is like any one liner in the show that is like emblematic of Christianity these days where it's like, I'm a bad person, but uh, I'm with God. Like, no. Stop. Fine. Yeah. And just the yeah. fact that he is considered still like this holy mentality. Like he's the, well, he's Friar Pete. He people yeah, yeah exactly Are you sure exactly my point <laughs> bad uh, person yeah shout out to hector for figuring out who malcolm really was <laughs> and all of the snark that's involved and i feel like maybe 
he might adjust how he plays Malcolm in future sessions now that he's actually <laughs> met him and kind of yeah. seen it first. Exactly. That I was feel like point. he might have, yeah, he might have taken a couple notes. Oh, so here's how he calls his dad a dick. I was all wrong. I was yes. way off when I yes. said it. <laughs> Um, I just I love that actor. I love that character. Like MVP of Claremont, in my opinion, he is so funny. He cracks a lot of people me up. like Hector. Yes, I don't know what it is about him, but they're like him and Mr. David are like protect at all costs. Like yes. you have to keep him. You have um, to keep him. I, Tom's performance in this, like I legitimately until later had no idea if this was a real breakdown or the plan. It was. It skated it both sides of the fence so well. Mm-hmm. It's so well delivered. And the part that I love the most about it were the nonverbal things that he did, which is something I kind of focused on a lot of people in this episode, but like, especially once he kind of sits down, like he just has this painful look on his face after he yells and is like rubbing his head. Like you could see the physical turmoil that that revelation and saying it out loud is having Mm -hmm. on him. Um, And even as it's happening, I'm like, is this for real? Is he playing? But you can tell that it, there's some reality behind there for him. And he's, yeah. not that I'm shocked, but you know, shocker, great performance from Tom Payne. Something yeah. new this week that we've never had before. The face that he makes when he sits down, it reminded me of a shot from season one after he saw that like vision of Eve when he like makes like a face and then like buries his like head in his hand. Like it's the mm-hmm. same kind of thing. And again, like I had mentioned in the last episode where he, you know, gets distracted because something was related to like, childhood trauma anytime that he even mentions that initial trauma that like the one big thing that set everything off with him he just completely like comes undone he cannot be a profiler anymore he whether martin is there or not but especially because martin is here in this situation he becomes that little boy again and it just is it's heartbreaking to me because it's so accurate they without saying much they did their homework and I'm very very proud of the writers and Tom and just everybody for the way that they did this I mean basically I have here in my notes childhood trauma sucks man and it does Mm -hmm. and like thank you Mm -hmm. for showing that that it really does (laughs) even if it is your dad and someone who you initially loved as Malcolm points out like no I never really hated him at first but like even now yeah yeah that's one thing where sometimes when some people get on some tangents about the writers this the writing that like for the 99.9 percent of the time they are looking their crap up they are delivering Mm -hmm. us accurate portrayals yes of what's going on yeah um i mean they have a consultant that does that and tells you about these things exactly um and i just i know tom has always talked about how the scenes with martin are the ones that are the most physically strenuous on him because there's that constant, I hate you, I love you, I want to punch you, I want you mm-hmm. to hug me, like all that kind of stuff is happening. And I have to imagine that that's, that particular scene for him was just super intense. And yeah. th- they never disappoint Michael and Tom mm-hmm. together, not once. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they are just masters of their craft for sure. Mm-hmm. I do have one little like, okay. So once we get through the whole who has the gold card, hey, look, the doctor has the gold card. And Bert yells from his chair, like, it was you. He killed Jerry. Why at that point did every guard in the room not converge on the circle? If you look, if you look, he is up and across the room before one guard goes like, and then (laughs) like, oh shit, I'm I'm on the job. Like what? Like, 
again, coming from someone that's worked in a lockdown facility, like, that is not how that happens at all. If someone raises their voice, it's like, excuse me, no, sit down. Like, do you want to be put on lockdown? Do you want to be put in solitary? Like, he got all the way across the room and decked a guy before everyone in the room went, oh yeah, wait, I'm clocked in and should be getting paid for stuff. Like, come on guys. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but like, I mean, we find this out later that like the therapist isn't the best at what he's doing. So like my thing, I'm sitting mm -hmm. there watching this and I'm like, why aren't they letting him, like the therapist like reprimanded Malcolm and tried to get him back on track when he said something negative. Trying to focus on positivity. Yeah. Malcolm. But yes. then he just lets them train wreck Malcolm and like trigger his childhood trauma. And the, the therapist just is like, yeah. hey, watching this unfold, like what? Like, I know we needed that scene. Obviously it was fantastic, but I was like, dude, are you gonna, what? Yeah, like all of these moments are plot based. Like we have to yeah. do this yeah. to let the plot yeah. continue. Um, which is kind of like my next moment here at 2149, like there's a women's ward at Claremont. <laughs> that we just conveniently never touched on ever before until we needed to. And also, speaking as someone who worked in a lockdown facility, that the guides can just show up in that ward from the male section downstairs and we are totally cool with that. Like, no big deal. Like, yeah. no. I worked in a facility. I worked in an all-male facility. All the inmates were male. The list of rules I got as a female entering that facility to work could have fit oh on a gosh. scroll wow. and it was not just things I had to do but it was unacceptable comments and behaviors they're not allowed to say you look good today they're not allowed to say I like your outfit they're not allowed to say mm -hmm. because all of that comes with undertone and things that cannot happen so I'm like there is no way that we're just letting Jerry walk upstairs to say hey y'all peace out I'm leaving to go get some lobster and that's totally acceptable <laughs> like no all the notes. Yeah, I remember listening to some podcasts where they talked about like a, I think they were talking about a reality show with like a men's ward and a women's ward, and they were saying, oh, the they meet each other like men and women women meet each other by talking through the toilets, I guess, because of the pipes are like, <laughs> like they otherwise like, yeah. yell, through the, yell through the toilet. Dude, I have no idea. But they were talking about like the acoustics somehow, but that's the only way they're able to meet each other. So I'm like, so physically they can never, I, I just, I don't, I'm going to suspend my disbelief here. It's they're doing it for the plot. Fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Exactly. Cool. Now they the have visiting hours. Yeah, the relationship I'll give you. Yeah, like yeah. guard yeah you know male guards in a female war yes. and vice versa yes that happens i yeah. trust me i understand that yeah um but the other stuff i'm like inmates don't just be like what's up susan and like you're yeah. having a little <laughs> little pre-conjugal in the back of this library yeah, like, like no 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 that's not how that happens <laughs> popping in with a key card i mean even the guard said it himself this this area is secure jerry shouldn't have even been in here like, right well he could get in there but there's like, yeah, seven thousand cameras and 150 locked doors in the in-between how did that fly um which leads us to the library at 2231 and look i respect everybody's ships i have my own personal one other people have theirs too and i don't hate I'm like that's cool ship who you want to ship but if you don't see the brightwell flirtage in this library boo you are blind i'm sorry i'm not disrespecting anybody else but good Lord, these two, like, let's talk about Malcolm just peacocking and showing off, like, look what I can do. Yes. It's her doing the little, let me, let me snark at you every three minutes to show yeah. you I'm not impressed. Yeah. 
and the little squinty eyes they like to do with each other. And he cuts her off and finger guns and all these <laughs> things. Like the flirt is strong with these two. Like, come yep. on. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I wrote, I didn't, you, you said peacocking and I wrote in my notes, Malcolm is strutting his stuff in front of Danny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he I might, couldn't come like up with any other word. taken the coat off and been like, let me show you how I work, baby. Yes. It just goes, you know. That was fantastic. Um, and, and I mean, she's there for it. Like she's secretly impressed that he mm -hmm. got there that quickly, but she is also Danny. So she's going to be like, oh, you didn't figure it out five minutes ago? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it just being being someone from new england like the first time that the lobster was even mentioned that was the first thing that came to my mind was maine and then of course like yeah. tom of course he gets there and i'm like this was one of the few times that i felt like an actual ghost because i was screaming at my tv she's from maine the lobster <laughs> and i was like malcolm mentioned i was like yes like the same time and just the finger guns i was like yes it was like i was watching the super bowl this sunday <laughs> I forget exactly what was said, but essentially it was you took that long to get to it. And he was like, wow. wow I I and that. I love the way he said that. I don't know if it was that gruff delivery. That was, that was, that was, that was, was, that was his British. His British was coming through there. Wow. I was analyzing the sh yeah. Yeah. So I don't, um, but props to Tom, if that was just his chosen way to deliver that portion of the line it was just I just I burst out laughing it was just it was so it was, it was so nice mm -hmm. it was just, it's nice to see them give any of those characters just like the light-hearted moments in the middle of all the dark crazy yeah. that happens and you know I just appreciated that it happened to be those two <laughs> mm -hmm. um, at 2439 we hit our detective Jessica phone call Oh, this was a great um, scene too. I mean, I, I could go on for days, but I'm trying to rein myself in a little bit. Yeah. I, I love that in her heart and her mind, she knows the answer to this. She's only looking for the clues to back it up. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to ask Martin because she doesn't want confirmation of what she already knows to be 100% truth about what's going on with her family. Um, and of course, Martin uh, playing cat and mouse a little bit, messing with his prey. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I absolutely lost it when Martin is laughing through the description of oh, the my. actual crime. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. And then a couple people on Twitter were just like, Vijay's in Estonia. I was like, yes. <laughs> I love that. I was like, that I love it when fantastic. people call back to a previous podcast we've done. It made me so happy. Someone else was, was like, so DHL? Good. Question mark. The <laughs> <laughs> um, it. it the fact that he laughs and like that's insane i'm like i think that's the writers kind of making fun of themselves a little bit like that's a little self-deprecating of like yeah. who would do that that's yeah, so yeah. it was I just the it, yep it was the way he said he's like under the under the rug like just it was yeah. I, that felt like that was like actually like michael talking and not even yeah <laughs> it yeah. was beautiful yes. <laughs> and just his like guffaw and cackling of yes. to estonia yes, yes. yeah <laughs> I'm like what? sitting in a, I'm sitting in the dark living room at like 9.30 and I just laughing my head off. Yeah. Yeah, same. And you could tell Jessica too is like, yeah, that does sound absolutely stupid, but. but <laughs> well, and that just shows you his level of, again, he's a manipulator. Yes. Yeah. Now, granted, in terms of like us as the viewers, we want him for once to be doing that manipulation because we don't want, you know, Malcolm to get found out or anything like that. So for once in our life, 
it's kind of manipulation with an almost positive twist. Like he's yes. not doing it out of a negative yes. evil place. Yes. But he's, he's just a master of it. Like some people are just that charming and that's yes. good at interacting with people um, to where you can just talk yourself out of any situation and you can, you know, you're verbal gymnasts and you can do those flips and turns and make it all happen. And that is absolutely Martin Whitley. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. No, he's, I, I rewatched a lot of the godly show, the Ted Bundy tapes in mm-hmm. sort of like doing preparation for this. And it's just, it goes to show, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if they based a lot of this on him because mm-hmm. it's just, it's too, there are some people who are actually that gregarious, but who are also terrible, horrible people mm-hmm. and will flip a switch as often as they want to whenever it suits their purpose mm-hmm. and will claim to love people and at the same time manipulate the crap out of them in the same way that he like seems to still love Jessica love but also play on her emotions because Jessica is no fool like the his I know that tone darling like 1997 it's like oh he he knows like she has been through this before already. I will get into this later, but she's been through this before already. But he knows that too. And he knows that he was the cause of it. And he knows that he can pull the strings with that Mm -hmm. and bend her to his will. Although we learn much later that Jessica is not, she has gotten that easily bent. She is not 1997 Jessica anymore. So yeah. Her liver is far stronger. Yes. <laughs> or depleted. Whichever one you want to put it. An iron liver now. <laughs> oh no. All right. So this is the part where Ange had to do the absolute hardest thing she's ever done. Oh. <laughs> which is rain myself in for this music cue that I could absolutely oh, go on an entire podcast put- rant about. If we could put up a live recording of watching your messages pop up in Discord, I, I lost it. I, oh my god! I, I just sat there watching it. I was like, "This is fantastic! This, this is the best thing ever!" I like. I was shaking. I had my little frisian goosebumps. Oh boy! I had my headphones in. It was like booming, and my I was like, "Oh!" Like I had a religious <laughs> moment. It was insane. Like I yes. saw the face of God in the score. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know what it was. Um, so I'm talking about the the cue where after this phone call, Ainsley comes into the cell to talk to Martin. Um, and this particular music cue. Angie can't even get it out. <laughs> Nathaniel Bloom, you genius you. Um, oh there are very hints of undertones of that we're the same theme. But honestly, I feel like there's a chance that this might be the first introduction to an Ainsley Martin theme instead of her getting the leftovers of the Malcolm Martin theme, which I really hope that would be amazing for her to get like her own kind of sinister theme that goes along with her father. Um, It's the first time in anything, as far as I can remember, and I usually focus on the music, that there's like a synthesizer. Mm Yes, yes. Um, And it gives it just this really rich and deep sound. Like if, if you watch this show, put headphones in and listen to this in your mm-hmm. ears not just on a television yeah. um it's it's very cool like with the percussion that happens and the way that this hits it hits the way the beat drops at a club yeah like it just boo and it goes 
Um, and it honestly gives me a little bit of like a Thor Ragnarok vibe. Um, no, it did. I, That's what it, it reminds really, me of. It absolutely did, which I'm a huge Marvel nerd on the side. Yes. Um, so I was like, oh my God, it's like Ragnarok. Like, and, and it was just that rich, like orchestral sound, but it also had the electric yes. and the metallic yeah. and the stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And just the way that that built where we didn't know who was coming in. First, we see Martin with the hands up, like, okay, I have a visitor. And this music just crescendos and builds. And when you realize it's Ainsley, not only is your mind like, oh my God, she's here. The music takes you there too. Yes. And it was just a moment where like right now thinking about it, I have the goosebumps. <laughs> like I, it was insane. Like it was just such a cool, completely different feel for any of the score that we've done. Yes. Um, and it just, it like changed my life in 15 seconds. <laughs> so even the, again, about the lighting, the lighting sort of like cast down over her and it's sort of, mm-hmm. it reminded me of like, this is your like angel sent from like, yep. and he's just like, yes, like someone who understands me, like. <laughs> Was- and just the the intensity of that moment for Martin to be like, oh my God, she's here. Yes. Like yes. this is everything he has ever wanted from the yes. finale, from the moment he uttered the phrase, my girl, this is yes. what he's wanted. Yes. He's wanted her in front of him to talk shop. And yes. I want to know what the heck they talked about. Yes. But that's a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the musical genius that is Nathaniel Bloom. I mean, that moment. I was going on Twitter and social media rampages of, oh my God. And that was um, fantastic. Which is really cool, which now I, I get to actually talk about. Um, we get to interview Nathaniel Bloom next week. I am beyond the psychotically excited. You I get to. I, I, I want to yes, be I, I get to, that, um, because I definitely took off work to do this because it's <laughs> worth it. Um, I'm, I'm beyond stoked. I cannot wait. I am going to do my best to be professional and not fangirl like I just did about this music cue. Um, but I'm so excited to pick his brain and like what, you know, what's his process like and how does he come up with this stuff? And it, it makes me very happy and you guys will have to stay tuned. It's going to get its own little kind of bonus episode to itself. So you can hear that interview in its entirety. Um, and hopefully the first of many, once we get some more confirmations, we'll have some other stuff to share with you guys too. So, yep. Moving right along. 2927. I just titled this Malcolm and Martin Drop Some Feelings. <laughs> this whole <laughs> section with this is a whole lot of feelings. And I know Carol has some stuff she's she's gonna hit us with in just All a second. Feels. Um I wanted to talk about the fact that Martin, whenever he is genuinely angry at Malcolm, but tries to conceal it because he knows there's only so far he can go before his son won't come back. So even though he wants to really say some things, he has to rein himself in a little bit. And then he resorts to sarcasm as a playful way of saying what he wants to say, which is like a big middle finger. (laughs) Um, And he actually says it this time in a little bit. Um, I think for the first time he says like, no, I should hate you. You ruined my life. Well, no, you killed 23 people. Sorry about your luck. Um, But he, he is bitter and angry at Malcolm for turning him in. That's a source of pain and anger which, okay, fine. I get that. That would probably suck and hurt. Um, and they finally are voicing all of the things that they've kind of politely not said to each other so far. Um, and the, the way that Michael Sheen like goes from raging to just, but that's not me. I mean, so well done. So well done. And so many people in the fandom have talked about how Malcolm does not flinch for once he stands his ground. He does not back up. I'm not afraid of you. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, it, it, it's amazing. 
before I, I turn it over to Kara, who I know has some serious shenanigans to talk about here, I do have one minor complaint. Um, at what point did Martin lose his collective chat on his son? And Mr. David was just like, I'm not going to check in and see what's going on here. It seems fine. You know, it's them, those kids, they like to do that. It's fine. Like, I, like there's so many moments where I'm like, as a guard, there are some things you should be checking on at certain points. And him raging out is probably a moment that you would at least step up to the window and be like, y'all good? What are we doing in there, guys? <laughs> hey, it's just the Whitley Circus again. No. Mr. David is mm. not having. Mm. Or no, was it really like these two MFers? Like, I am so <laughs> sick of these two messing with my day. Like, <laughs> they are just, <laughs> again, Mr. David has had enough of the Whitley shenanigans. Yes. Yes. All right, Carol, what do you got for us related <laughs> to this goodness? Yeah. Oh my God. I, so in my notes, I put here around a very similar timestamp. I put FYI, this is the scene that broke me. Ooh. <laughs> um, just, you know, this is the kind of thing where I, like, if I had been the editor for the show, I would have like stopped the moment before Martin really like lets it rip and I would just put a black screen and I would have put FYI, if you have ever been any kind of, in any kind of abusive relationship where there was a power dynamic, or if you have issues with your parents, if you have any sort of like <laughs> emotional abusive relationship in your past at all, this is very, very, very upsetting. Yeah. Because it was a truly awful, brutally honest portrayal of what abuse looks like. Martin just lets go in a way that unhinged me. I tried to chill myself out by saying like he sort of like adopts this like Boston accent. He's like, and you ruined your mother. And I just went, Carol's gonna lose it because yeah. she's a Welsh. The Welsh is yeah. coming out or something. I don't know what it yeah. is. I know. I was like, and I wrote in my notes too. I was like, is this Welsh or is this like whatever, Boston? you know, what is angry. it? Yeah. I was like, what is I was like, this sounds like a, you know, Mark, like Mark Wahlberg movie or something. <laughs> um, but Malcolm saying like, I can't trust you. And Martin saying like, just everything about putting the blame on you did this to me. You did this to your mother and you did this to your sister. And Malcolm is stone faced about it. But I just, I was at the same time I was unhinged by Martin I was unhinged by Malcolm too because I just knew that internally he was lava like emotionally just melting and then he just flipped a switch and he does his you know cute little bearded Martin smile like well, that's but that's not me that's not me and, and now we've made everyone laugh so they love yes. me again and it's yep. all good because I'm funny and charming no exactly. nothing about what yes. you just did is acceptable no yeah. nothing nothing that you said it's just but this is also why it is so hard to get out of that kind of a relationship or a dynamic with someone because they flip the switch like that and they mm -hmm. it just it this was very very well done it was yeah. horrific in that it was well done. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we have this week's live fan profile. We have been graced with the presence of Ace, present and accounted for. Welcome, Ace. Hi, y'all. <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> we knew it. We knew it all along. <laughs> 
So everybody jokes that I'm either a robot or a cat. So today I'm here to prove that, yes, I'm actually both a robot and a cat. <laughs> I love that it actually like squint smiles with you when you smile. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like that right there. It does this like <laughs> eyes closed. That's hilarious. And now we have proof you're a human. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> no one can ever say otherwise at this point. It has been proven. I am human. Yes. <laughs> so hi. Thank you for coming on. We're really excited to have you as a part of our show. Excited to be here. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Let's talk about things that you have going on. Um, first of all, I have to apologize to Pond last week. I was supposed to bring up something last week and <laughs> I just skimmed straight through my notes and completely missed it. And to their credit, they were just so kind and considerate about it. No big deal. Hey, we um, all forgot about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like <laughs> all uh, three of us. were. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this, this game, this simulation that you guys have been working on together. Let's give it the airtime it deserves. <laughs> so uh, Pond, Jay, Blue, Cosmic, and I are all working on a game called Prodigal Sim. And mm -hmm. what it is, is a visual novel that you can be bright and go find yourself a date. So there are many, many, many different characters you can possibly date and different routes that you can go through uh, to really see different stories that he might have with the characters. That's a I'm, that's amazing. Like, I'm so excited. I've seen clips, which Britt's going to put over this. Um, <laughs> Just, I am one of those people that I could just spend the whole time like accessorizing and clothing the person and not even get to like the story part. Cause I'm like, look at all the <laughs> options. There's sunglasses, there's not sunglasses. There's a vest, there's not like, and I'm not even kind of the stereotypical like most girly of girls that would be into like the fashion side of things. But I'm like, there's so many different options for Bright. I was so excited <laughs> when I was watching it. <laughs> so there's different unlockables and this came from us bouncing ideas back and forth. So Pond made all of the really gorgeous characters that you see in that and Jay made the backgrounds and that led to all kinds of different things that you can unlock through gameplay. Um, it turned into what's the wackiest outfits we can put on him. So <laughs> I've done like sunshine colors or yes. like bright magenta, like everything that could just be super silly because it's a lot, when we're spending a lot of time working on something like this, it's comic relief to dress him up. So now we can't wait to actually see what everybody else makes of Bright. And we actually built in a way so you can take a screenshot of him and share it on Twitter of um, what you ended up creating. That's, that's that's so cool. That's like such a neat fan interaction thing to do. And like, what have you accessorized him with? Like, what does he look like? What's going on? Um, so what kind of phase is it in right now? How long have you been working on it? And like, when's your, when are you guys hoping to maybe have stuff out there? Sure. Um, we've been working on it a couple months now, and we're actually launching a trailer for the game on Valentine's Day. Um, so that everyone will get more of a preview of what's going on. And we hope to have it available for everybody um, by the end of the season. Um, so we oh, still have a little ways to go. Yeah, when, from when we started thinking about it, like when Pond and Cosmic approached me, like, hey, let's work on this thing. 
to what it is now, it's gotten a lot, lot, lot bigger. Um, so there's a lot of art and a lot of different things that go into making it. So we need a little extra time. Yeah, like the some people don't realize like even some of the simplest style apps and things that you would have on your phone, like there's a lot of manpower and time put into those things. And I don't even fully understand all that stuff, but it's, it's not like, Oh, 15 minutes from now, I came up with this thing. And then, you know, like there's a lot of time put into that. Um, and so that, I mean, that's, that's exciting. That's very cool. We don't have a lot of things like that for our, our fandom. So it's nice that, you know, we just have like grassroots movements creating the crap for ourselves, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, that that's where the fun comes up with though. And cause it, it, like I said, they said, Hey, let's do this thing. And a lot of things in the fandom work that way of you have an idea, bounce it off somebody else and see what happens to like make it happen. That is literally how this show exists. Yeah, that's what like, I figured. <laughs> we literally, I had been writing analysis and we met up and I sat at the dinner table and went, anybody interested in making this into a podcast? Like that's how that went down. Yeah, and everyone that's went, what, me. Yeah, because that's what we do when, we, when we're in Zoom. Like we're friends and we hang out in Zoom, but a lot of our Zoom is just freaking out about like the show and like right. actually discussing it, so. Might as well put it to good use, you know? Yeah, we were like, why don't we just <laughs> let people watch us do it? <laughs> um, so speaking of like that that collaborative spirit, I mean, I feel like this fandom, I'm not a member of a ton of fandoms like this, but um, there's just so much collaboration going on. And one of the big things that went down was the, the Big Bang that you were a, a very integral part of. So tell us a little bit about how that kind of came to be and what your part was in it. Sure. Um, so that's another thing of Jamina actually reached out to me saying, hey, like we did this thing in a different fandom in the past. Do you think something like this might be possible for Peace On? And we talked about it and bounced it off like a handful of other people and said, could we spend a couple months, a bunch of people together making different stories and art to go with the stories? Yeah. Um, and we thought maybe like five people would sign up for it. <laughs> um, my famous last words with things like this are five people will sign up for it. And it's really exciting when a lot more people. Um, so we was... named Big Bang. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was really, really, really cool to see what everybody came up with and all the different stories. And that was over a couple months that folks made the stories and the art. And it was just really fun at a time when your pandemic kind of separated for everybody. Yeah. We were working with people around the world to bring something together. I just loved how many different, like, like you said, if you're not a writer, that's fine. Bring your other creative marks and you don't have to be like an amazing digital artist do you do like gifts or do you other things it was just really neat that it was if you have any kind of niche in creativity at all let's find a way to to make it happen and bring it in and um that was just such a neat way to include so many people in the fandom in one collective thing yeah and yeah. like the big thing about the fandom is really that community that's really what i i love about it mm -hmm. and bouncing back and forth with people and to use your example um, Alex on my team, she actually does crochet art 
and it, it it was cool to just say whatever art background you have or really whatever you want to bring to the table just do it because that's what energizes you and it's really cool to see everybody's energy like that come together and turn into a big thing yeah that's what I was gonna say because I was in there and I was like oh all these people can illustrate and do digital art and I can't draw people for my life and like this is a show about people so that's out for me and then uh just like looking at everybody's uh like just creative styles and stuff I was it came to mind that someone was like hey I can crochet things and I was like this is gonna be fantastic <laughs> like the other cool part of that is even if like I, you can't do something right now if you wanted to try it, it's like a really safe way to try something like that. And why I like that, because none of us started knowing how to do anything. We yeah. picked it up along the way. So in like our team for that project, we're just like, okay, we're going to learn whatever we have to learn to make this happen. And it's a lot of fun to do something like that. Another thing that the English teacher brain of mine just cannot hardly fathom, but bless people like you that can do it. Um, <laughs> you are just mad awesome with the amount of stats and data that you can pull up for like stuff that's on AL3 and all of that. And for me, I'm just like, I stare at that stuff kind of in wonder. Like, I don't know how they did this, but this is amazing. And how, <laughs> how do you, how does that come about? And how do you do all those kind of runs of data and all that? Sure. Um, there, for this example, it's custom things that I built to learn more about the community in Prodigal Son. And I originally started it, it was like December of 2019 when I started some of that. And at the time, the fan see how everybody was connected to each other. So what you can do with data like that is see people who might not be visible otherwise and are giving a lot of contribution. Mm -hmm. um, so if I give examples, are folks who do kudos and comments and folks who are actually contributing ideas to bring stories to life. Mm -hmm. um, people like May and Jamina who are bouncing ideas back and forth and actually are responsible in a lot of ways for actually making these stories happen. Mm -hmm. um, so the data like that, um, all it does is goes across every story in Prodigal Son on AO3. Uh, some folks have probably seen the feeds where blip and update when a new story comes out. And using data science, you can themes across those. I never look at individual people or anything like that. I'm not interested in individual stats. I look mm -hmm. at across the fandom overall, what are the things that our people are talking about? How does that compare to what's in the show itself? So you might find it fun to see what um, episodes people most often talk about or how many, our, the frequency of my boy showing up in fanfic <laughs> or little Malcolm showing up in fanfic versus oh. the number of times it's used in the show. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a huge difference between those two things. Um, my One of my favorite stats is around um, Malcolm Bright needing or getting a hug, which is a uh, popular... <laughs> popular tag <laughs> it's a very popular tag um, about 20 percent of all of the stories on AO3 and Prodigal Son which is about 500 stories um, have that tag 
at, of needing or getting and only 25% of those stories he actually gets the hug um, so, <laughs> yeah so it, it's very sad and at the same time I'll, many folks on the one side of the community are like it's too many times uh, but <laughs> I mean it's pretty <laughs> canon following up and go for him on the show but it's fun to see because the, the fandom has grown a fair amount um, in that time um, mm -hmm. with the pandemic, things started to go exponentially with in terms of the amount of stories that showed up in the fandom. But to see how tags change, how relationship or pairings change over time, it's kind of cool to follow. Yeah. I can't fathom doing that, but I really like reading all the results of all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of out of my realm of ability to come up with anything like that. <laughs> but listening and reading to all the findings are, are yes. very interesting. So you are definitely a multifaceted contributor to the fandom in so many different ways and shapes and forms. Um, do you kind of find like one of those ways like you're more comfortable in or it's kind of just more natural for you? Or are you trying to kind of build up to where all of those forms of contribution are just second nature to you? What was like your first niche of contribution to the fandom? The very first thing was actually writing. Mm -hmm. So like the month after the show aired, like I started writing the first thing um, in the fandom. And that's really more because I write every day. It, it helps me manage my health and what's going on. And but I tend to gravitate toward things that are more artistic. I happen to have a background in technology, which is why a lot of these technology things come up, but mm -hmm. I enjoy more, hey, let's come up with an idea that's kind of out there. Let's figure out what we need to do to make it happen, which is why you see like a bunch of different things. Um, I really enjoy working on uh, videos or like one-off type art projects with people like more interactive type things which is a lot of fun it's nice to see like a lot of people are out there very willing to be like collaborative and like there is no bar of unacceptability like let's go what's what's the idea <laughs> and let's roll with it and it, it's nice though because then it makes yeah. everyone kind of feel validated and welcome in your ideas. And I think for the most part, this is a fandom that's kind of just like, hey man, let's go, you do you and mm -hmm. whatever you want, cool. You know, it's not, for the most part, it's not like very kind of catty, if you will, um, about certain things. Um, and it's nice to see people out there that are just actively pushing, like let's collaborate and let's do something off the wall and that yeah. no one would think would be productive and look how cool it looks. And you know, <laughs> it's really, it's really neat to see people being that creative and really going outside the box with things. Yeah, and it's also really fun because I, I like to say within a degree or two, we can find anyone in the fandom who knows like any discipline of some sort. So mm -hmm. you end up learning a lot from yeah. other people, which again goes back to the community thing of why it's so much fun doing something like this. Absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. Well, listen, we don't want to take your entire evening, <laughs> but we are so grateful for you coming on. We appreciate it so much. Um, Thank you for everything that you do in the fandom and being such a big part and facilitating Thank things you. like this. It made such a big difference for us. And have a great evening. Thank you so much, Ace. It was Thanks, good to you have too. You. Yeah, Bye. It was nice to see you. Bye. <laughs> At the 3331 mark, I have to shout out the Jurassic Park reference, whether yes! it was intentional or not. 
And I know this is something else that Tom said in his live tweet where like, I couldn't get through. Like every time he said clever girl, I just pictured like raptors in Jurassic Park. But that's, <laughs> I, I was from that era. I was in elementary school when that first Jurassic Park came out and I've watched it ungodly amount of times. That mm -hmm. all I can think about when someone says clever girl is, yes. is that. Yes. And even delivered it a little bit that way without having kind of the, the accent that the guy had in Jurassic Park. But that mm -hmm. just made me chuckle a little bit. Um, and at the 3355 mark, I feel like we need like balloons or some type of like congratulations or something on our screen. Malcolm called for backup. Yeah. And we just yes, he did. yes, he did. He still had to get told by his father to take something with him to protect himself 0.4 seconds later. But you know yes. what? It's growth. Yes, it's growth. it is. Yes. I, I also pointed out he, he's done that, a version of that a few times and I think every time that he's managed to do that, he never gets to finish his phone call. Like he kind of gets the words out, but his phone call never finishes. That's true. Um, I would like to take this moment since Martin had to be like, how about you take a heavy object in case you get attacked? Um, I've fought for it before. I'm going to fight for it until the day I die. Can we get this man permission from the NYPD to get freaking certified again and carry? Why do we let this man walk into 10,000 horrible situations unarmed? You know why? He was, he was in the FBI. We know he can. We have to figure out some loophole with the NYPD to let this occur. It has, to it has to happen. You know why though, Angie? Because it allows the womp to happen. And I know, I know. that is exactly what you want. Thank you. Yes, coming from a huge womp, womp mind, like I get it, we need it. But at the same time, I also have a thing with capable bright. Like, see, I, it hurts. Like and, and my watch side is like, get him, get him on. <laughs> and then the other side is like, but him in a vest with a gun is kind of amazing. Yeah. And then they battle each other. <laughs> I'm not sure who I'm with at this point. Every other day, it's like, but Wump, but him, but Wump, capable, but I. And it, it's a battle. It's an internal struggle. I'm working through it. I'm making my rounds. I, I, I use thick as my therapy. It's fine. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> um, Wardrobe-wise, I am 100% convinced that Malcolm had this maroon coat on for the entire episode strictly to fit with the lighting of this basement scene. And I'm not sad because it looks amazing on him and it works, but he's never really worn like a maroon coat. No. He had the bright blue one yep. from the um, the like exorcism episode, which was amazing with his eyes. This one didn't really pop the eyes as much, but it was a beautiful coat. And I was like, wow, that's kind of a weird color we've never had. Okay, it's cool. I like it. And now it all made sense once we got mm -hmm. into the basement. So once Malcolm has kind of journeyed into this basement, which I love the ambiance of the basement, like... I don't know what it is about the slow moving fans. Oh, oh and, yeah. And yeah. They, they get me for some reason. I'm like, that's both creepy and yeah, mesmerizing. That's really yep. creepy. It's very horror movie-esque, as I had yes. said. It's very insidious. It's very <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. It was beautiful. Yeah, there's something about that. And a lot of times they'll do where there's like a light behind it. So you have like shadows and yes. there's something about it that just interests me and I like it. And the red yes. light, which is pretty much useless. There's no need for there to be a red light down there, but it gives it that... <laughs> ambiance man just that whole like ooh, and it yes. works and it's beautiful um my one major complaint from the episode is tasers do not have that many shots in them <laughs> at all 
um, you're getting one really good one and one probably at about half or a third of the juice. And then after that, that's all she wrote. Yeah. You're not going to like 12 times. That does not happen. Sorry yeah. about your luck. You can't spam it. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you can't. But now the wolf lover in me loves here. Like, let's, let's yes. put him on the ground and yes. he can make all those noises. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the logical side of my yeah brain. yeah and and at a certain point you're going to disrupt the electrical rhythm of someone's heart with the electrical rhythm of, or the electrical current of, uh, yes. of a taser and like, we would have more than disheveled hair at so, the end i mean there have been cases uh i don't have anything specific to present to you at the moment which is whatever but uh there have been cases mm -hmm. of like people getting burned from tasers and people mm -hmm. getting yeah. like, major oh, yeah. issues from tasers and I please don't quote me on this but I feel like I've heard like in my you know true crime stuff and whatnot that like there have been cases of things happening with tasers and leading to death yeah mm -hmm. yeah oh, I can yeah. find police brutality right there. wants to call me out on mm -hmm. that I can find research later and give yeah you, uh, no I, I I got it for you <laughs> um so one of the things that I really loved about the basement scene was yet another reminder of Martin's true nature sometimes we don't want to think about it and i there were so many people that were like see he saved him he came back and a little part of my brain went no 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 he was out of there he was that, yeah. he was 100 percent piecing out of that room he knew his son he saw his son on the floor writhing in pain was probably going to get killed and then he saw a key card yeah. mm. And he had two choices and that sucker chose key card and had turned. And honestly, had Danny not been there, mm -hmm. I feel like he probably would have continued going. Yep. Mm -hmm. But now that Danny's there, the, the wheels turn. How can I turn this into something? Oh, we could be the heroes. How can we yes. make this happen? Um, I mean, that was just a true nature. Like as a parent, no way in hell, even if he fell and skidded, like whatever it's called dubbed his toe or skinned his knee like if my son is laying there in pain i am not turning around and heading for the exit door under any mm -hmm. circumstances mm -hmm. i am going to my child because yeah. my child needs me mm -hmm. and that was just true nature folks if you haven't if you haven't paid attention there it is yeah and we can talk about like oh that was a panic response all day long he was not freaked out whatsoever <laughs> he was calm and in control so like get out of here with that oh it was just his automatic reaction no he was stone cold like well peace out later days bitches like no exactly yeah stop yeah. defending the asshole <laughs> <laughs> thank you stop defending the narcissistic manipulator <laughs> We need that on like a soundbite. Can we, we just push we a button and that. it happens? Stop defending the asshole. Stop <laughs> defending the asshole. <laughs> Y'all are going to Make us a soundbite. Stop defending the asshole. Y'all are going to troll me so hard with that now. I'm making that my ringtone. <laughs> the only uh, other thing that yeah. I want to mention, speaking of Danny being there, is I love how much of this reminded me of Silence of the Lambs. And how like Grace Starling is like Clary Starling. I can't like she's like she has the gun. She's ready to go in. And then there's like Buffalo Bill like right behind her. Like the same thing with Martin. And the lighting comes down over his head. And it's like I for a split second I was like, if you touch a hair on her head, I will heads will friggin roll. I will punch through my TV. Like 
Yeah, yeah the so. Danny Pal Protection Squad was gearing up at that point. Yes, we were yes. starting to strap yes. and like, let's go. Exactly. Oh, I adore the fact that Rhonda says the phrase, nobody's coming for you. And the very next thing we see after daddy has walked away from his son is who? Miss Danny Powell coming yep. for him. Thank you very much. God bless. So I'm just going to, for 10 seconds, say to the Danny haters, y'all, we need to rein it in a little bit. I know that we love, I love Gillica as much as the next person, but nothing she said to Gil in that moment was inappropriate. It was yeah. her protecting her father figure. You're yeah. not making wise decisions based on your feelings. So I know there's a lot of like, she don't want Gillica. She's breaking him up. No, she spat the truth. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's an uncomfortable yeah. truth, mm -hmm. but she spat it. And yeah. I don't want Gil and Jessica together. Let's go. Bring it on. Mm -hmm. I don't want them apart. Yeah. yeah. And nobody oh. wants, nobody wants the past to repeat itself. No, nope. she does not. No. She does not want to watch another father figure die in front of her or something. Exactly. You know, now, you know, I fully just... respect and understand the argument of, well, then she goes and does the same thing. Absolutely. She does. Yeah. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. But that's the writer showing us like maybe she's having some feelings that she's not even realizing blah yes. blah blah so but also newsflash the, danny is human yeah human exactly she's valuable like I and that's we, the team we all just went dead silent at the same like just jesus god yes. I, can't, I, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's we need to stop hating on particular characters folks yeah. like yeah, you know, ship ships aside, this and that aside, whatever. Like nothing that she's done so far has been villainous, and it all came from a place of I need my father. Yeah. That's where it came from. Yeah. Um, you know, whatevs. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I just love that moment that no one's coming for you, and then who is it? Oh, it's Little Miss Badass <laughs> coming in with the gun yeah. raised, and actually, bitch, I am coming for him. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and right around right around there we have a um a a callback to the pilot actually that i noticed Ooh, I don't go know ahead. If anybody else noticed it but she said like no one's coming for you and he looks at her in between multiple tasing shots <laughs> and manages to speak which is not really possible but uh he he says i'm the surgeon's son he's on the floor, which he wasn't entirely on the floor in the pilot, but he's on the floor mm -hmm. at the mercy of a killer mm -hmm. and with just absolute despair and exhaustion and who knows what else running through his head, he says, I'm the surgeon's son. So right there, Good vulnerability. Callback. I see that callback right yep. there. Love it. Um, and then we have what could very well be, just from a humorous standpoint, probably my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Martin's you, me, and my new friend, Danny. <laughs> like, oh my he, goodness. How he turns, like, the fact that he almost left him into this, like, sitcom. Again, it's the reason why people love him. I mean, I love him, too. He's a great character. Stop yeah. defending the asshole. But just, and Danny has just, she is not here for your shit. Not taking like, it. She is not here for it. <laughs> She's like, I will blow your head off if you ever yeah. touch me again. And she friggin' memes it. She that memes was it. the best. Yeah. It was beautiful. And then Martin's just... 10-4 and that was just I was and he tries and... to read the rights to this chick like all right you okay. have the right to I, she, like, stop talking okay I like no 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 I don't, do that. don't do that in my notes okay so this is on the top of my page I have in all letters Martin please take your narcissistic ass somewhere else and underneath it I wrote Miranda <laughs> yeah. rights mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it, it's just take god bless her she's just like seats. don't do that stop yeah <laughs> no 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 yeah. no no no, no. and actually I 
really quickly in my like craziness this week tried to look up who is allowed to read Miranda rights yeah and there wasn't really entirely an answer because it's not like uh you know like only certain things are allowed to be commanded or said by certain people in terms of being legal well Um, I think it only matters if you're an actual like yeah and and it wasn't like it was just like like, I can tell you that but it doesn't mean anything yeah it was just like this is supposed to this is a right of yours to have this said to you mm-hmm. and it always just mentioned police but it didn't say this is not a valid right for you unless said by so and so it's just it's an innate right of you as a human in the u.s but it needs to be stated to you because not everybody knows it and well honestly, i think it's more for the reverse like they can have issues with their entire investigation that's, if it's that's, true not too. Said. that's true too. that's true that's what i was gonna say ass, yeah. yeah is that it probably in a court of law it probably depends yeah. on who actually says it you know if it's yeah. not like we have a saying if it's not in writing it's hearsay like that's mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah, so i was looking i was like it would it, like martin shut up like you can't you saying yeah. those things to someone doesn't doesn't help stop and i think also in general she was just like shut up dude yeah. i'm done with you i'm yeah. just so, so done with your white obnoxious ass like yeah. <laughs> just the point where oh. she like where was it martin who says like thank you for saving no it was malcolm who's like thank you for saving us and she like hands something to him and she's like you're welcome yeah like, yep. yeah not she, you even yeah, i had that in my notes she's like bye <laughs> Yep, I had that in my notes too because mm-hmm. I was like, "What?" He uses the word "us," like he does. She's, she's so not there for him, and she's I love not her there for, for Mark. I love her for it, and I love the aftermath. Malcolm just like his poor, like his hair is like poof, <laughs> and he—you can tell he's just—he's been through a ringer. Like the fact that he can even stand up is a miracle, and he just here's what I wrote. Malcolm looks like a toddler's overloved and worn out stuffed animal. <laughs> that was my description of him in this moment. Like, uh, shout out to Brett. Like, all I could picture was Duffy. Like, that's oh. <laughs> for Brett was was like the worn out, washed a hundred times Duffy bear. You know. Yeah, and um. he in at that point he should not be able to stand and really move that well because no. a taser overrides your body's nervous system Mm -hmm. so that nothing in it other than your innate bodily functions like breathing and heartbeat and brain function nothing works it's a complete override to your muscular system and it makes them contract and stiffen up which is why when you watch people get tased they fall over like a board which he was already on the ground so wouldn't he technically have also like urinated yeah yeah if he would yeah, you literally lose control times, of your entire yes. body like that, that many yeah. times like that would have so, absolutely happened yeah, yeah. so yeah. Like, well, the functions it. that actually do work at that point is <laughs> yeah. you you pee yourself yeah yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. so i'm cool that we didn't do that but yeah. i, I, feel like <laughs> I would have been fine with it though that would have made for some great humor but um but yeah he just like he would not be able to even move because he'd be he would just be so sore and from his muscles contracting so much especially for like six times that he gets hit so when he is taking that gold card from Martin, there's another version of the We're the Same theme that plays. Um, yeah, like it's, there's so many like remixes. I call them remixes. I don't know what Bloom will no, call them. I'll yeah. find out when I talk to him next Surprise. week. Surprise. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, it's just, it's just this undertone of again, like, give me the card, dude. Like you, you already did all this. Like, give me the card, Lego. Like we're not playing this game anymore. Um, and I have to, you have to think as Malcolm, Maybe not in this moment because you're not all there, but you're looking down. There's the cut handcuffs 
on your father's wrist. There's this bomber jacket thing that he's wearing. Like you have to put two and two together. He was rolling out. Yeah. He was not coming to help me at all. And hopefully that's something that like computes later. Like, let's put these pieces together. He was ready to be like deuces and leave while you Mm -hmm. were mid torture. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it. I do. I do not see it. (laughs) Yes. Which brings us to the finale sequence and good god okay my goodness i do want to say one thing about this song before caro talks about the lyrics and stuff in it so i do have for once um a website that we'll put up where you can like actually click and go to this article link about this song it is called finally by no mono um and they were like a, a two people that kind of came together and did some collaborative work for a short amount of time as a band and this is their final song that they released together Like it was literally called finally as like their finale of what they were going to do, which I'll let you hit um, lyric stuff with that in just a moment. Um, But it was just a really, it's a really neat article to read if you want. It's pretty cool. We'll post it up there, but it was really cool to hear like, this is the song that played for this moment. And here's the backstory behind it and what went down and and those guys, um, which leads us to Arrow's discussion. Yeah. I mean, uh, I could sum up this whole the last what the last five minutes of the show with just bruh like yeah <laughs> yeah or just oh my god in an open mouth like yes <laughs> yeah literally like bruh what <laughs> first of all I just need to point out Malcolm what is this collared shirt the white trim to it it's, makes you look like you're like gonna take photographs in a mall for like your family sailor portrait i'm i'm sorry and i was just like what are you wearing (laughs) oh my gosh this was the part where of course in hindsight we had seen when you rewatch this you know that jessica's been putting all the parts together slowly over time um so we see them sitting down having dinner i would like to point out i did not see any alcohol at the table she she hands Malcolm a glass of wine, but I don't think that I even saw her, like, I don't think I saw any alcohol there. And I was like, well, this makes sense because this is about to be a very sobering moment for everybody. She getting down to business. Yes, yeah. literally though, literally. Um, so then we, you know, Jessica starts going through her day and what that involved. And we see her going back around 40, 20 to her being in full-blown panic mode and tearing about the house. And I love how it seems systematic, but at the same time, very panicked and very random. And it's just like, we need to remember, she is no fool. She's been through this once before. She originally with Martin, she thought it was an affair. So that would cause one sort of, you know, mindset. And then the ultimate reveal that no, he was a serial killer. Like, I'm sure that that triggered, you know, rummaging through the house. Like, where did I see this? Where were the signs? Mm-hmm. she's been through this before and here she is doing it all over again with her kids though and that's yeah. a very different thing than honestly being even the... worse i think yes like, exactly worse. Yeah. Worse. exactly yeah. that's very different than it being your husband i loved how the lyrics at this point where she's like ripping apart the cushions and everything the lyrics are playing and they're saying i can't see it and it's very you know it, it works with how she she can't find the signs, but also she kind of probably doesn't want to believe it either. Mm-hmm. That she, like, I, I do not see it. Like, it's that meme. She's like, I, I can't see my kids doing this. And then she does the most Jessica Whitley thing that she's ever done, which is she 
takes the silver platter off oh and it shows the, the book. Okay, I was so like, I literally said she is serving up the truth. Like yeah. she's full of on a yes, silver yeah. ass platter. Yes, yes. Yep. Literally, she says, you missed a spot. And I want to point out that the nonverbal communication in these last few minutes are mm-hmm. key. Her mm-hmm. her jaw barely moves. She's very tense. She's almost like her her whole face is masked. When she says what happened to Nicholas Endicott, it's barely even a question and barely even a statement either. It's sort of like a, a, a question and a resigned pain statement had a baby. Like <laughs> she's just like, what, what, what happened? And so then Malcolm nods his head before he says, I killed him. And it's almost like he is telling himself like, okay, this is the truth. Like I'm going to say this out loud and I'm gonna, I have to believe it if I'm gonna, you know, sell yeah. it. Um, move your head a tiny bit and uh it's oh, there it is <laughs> yeah sell it i'm i'm, I'm inverted i'm inverted there it is somewhere yeah. over there whatever yeah. sell it. it's a little like blue literally one. he's selling it like i killed him but she's still she's still tensed up and she's like you're lying mm-hmm. because she we also have to remember she's been through this once before with Martin, but then she went through it with Malcolm, like trying to find the signs in him. I know that Bellamy had mentioned this in an interview where she was like saying that Jessica probably looked for signs for him. Like, was he mistreating animals? Was he being mean to other people? Like she did, did knows. Did he start fires? Did he wet the bed? The whole exactly. time. Yeah. The McDonald triangle. <laughs> <laughs> like she knows him. So she yeah. knows that he's literally lying, but then at the same time that she knows he's lying she's like what what's the truth then there's only one other option there's there's only one other option or there's like a million other ones that i would so love to believe instead like you know but yeah and then and then tom's nonverbals too Mm -hmm. yes absolutely to go off of that like the way what hit me the most was when he does the like um I need you to believe me, or I'm trying to protect the family. That was literally the the same. The that like just shut up and let it be. Exactly. Pretty much what he's telling her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. It was that I I wrote in there like that is the the lines from that song in the the first episode. Like now I'm the parent and you're the child. Like he's like please just go with it. Mm -hmm. But she does not let it go. And so then Mm -hmm. the lyrics go into and they say so I was the last one out of bed. Um, and that reminds me of like that sort of feeling that you see sometimes in movies, like when everyone, you know, wakes up and gets started with their day. And then the last person in bed who doesn't get up and start their day is that person who knows that once they get up, like reality is going to set in. And that's very much how Jessica's feeling right now. Ainsley, that happens not to talk over you. I apologize. Yeah, no. That that moment was something that I wrote down. That happens as Ainsley is downstairs, like looking in her father's journal. Like she's the youngest, like she's the last one. She's the one that they thought were not, was not going to be as affected because she had spent less time with Martin. And then now look. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Staring her in the face. Yes, ma'am. I, I wanted to say just shout out to Bellamy for this entire scene because I, the voice the that she uses. Acting. Oh, yeah. All of it. All of it. Yeah. My God. I like, said in multiple bullet points, like, where do we submit this for yeah. both Tom and yeah. for Bellamy? Like, let's yeah. go. 
Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's please continue to ignore a network show that's kicking ass and taking names on a weekly basis yes. just because yeah. we're exactly. not on a streaming service. Like, let's let's please ignore these yes. fantastic actors on a weekly exactly. basis. And yeah. like, I'm looking at my notes and I wrote what she said right there, and I'm just I'm hearing it over yeah. your head. The yeah, way she says I can it hear with this whole thing. As I'm and like, you can it. hear yeah. the waver, and it's not it's not a whisper, it's not a yell. It, and it's, it's when that deepness a, of her voice really fits deepness with the of her, situation. Yeah. And it, it's just, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, that's speak, what, so not to get all SLP on you guys, but that's what stress does to stress locks up the muscles in your mm-hmm. vocal folds. And that's yep. how it comes out. And then it just, I mean, the, the no more lies, like, tell me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, and even, even before that, the part that I really want to point out is when she says she murdered him. When she says that, she sort of like, you know, like jerks up and then like points her head down. It looks like she vomited the words out of her mouth. That was what really struck me was that nonverbal acting. Yeah. That was just, oh my God. And then Malcolm's trying to get into, you know, she doesn't know, she doesn't remember anything we might lose her. Jessica's just like going through every single emotion in front of the child. world is crumbling. Exactly. And her world is crumbling because in her heart of hearts, as much as she never wanted to believe it, if someone was going to do this, it was going to be Malcolm. Mm -hmm. And here's Malcolm saying, actually, mom, it wasn't me. It was the kid that you never had to worry about. Like she was the sleeper. No one expected it. Yes. Because she wasn't around him enough to be an influence, blah, blah, blah. But she was around Mr. Boots. And I really exactly. want to more about that. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, not to fully discredit, you know, like, when you're at a certain age, like, you don't, you're, you're free from, like, any sort of, like, trauma or whatever. But, like, we also don't know if she saw other things or, like, mm-hmm. you know, still being being five years old is still enough to make some sort of impression. Like she mm-hmm. was, Ainsley was watching. They flash back, like Ainsley was watching as her mother said, like, get him out of here. Like she was yeah. seeing this whole thing come down from another perspective. Mm-hmm. We don't know what her perspective is. Hopefully we do, but you know, she kind of sort of maybe remembers some of this too in yeah. some sort of way. And Jessica remembers all of this and remembers where her mind has been going this whole time and she she literally has the rug ripped out from under her metaphor like <laughs> physically and yeah a rug. metaphor yeah God. so music music wise the oh, that's just the music side of this yes. song is it's gorgeous it's yeah. intense it's- I am always a fan of like the bring in the full orchestra bring in the choir too like let's just have a religious experience with this music you know and there's this really, really cool moment where she, there's actually three times it happens. Um, as the song plays, at 4038 is the first time that it happens. And it's when um, Jessica is just frantically digging through yeah. stuff, looking for evidence. And there's this like really intense string moment that happens yeah. with like the low strings. I think that's what's playing um, in my head at the Yeah, yeah, I, 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 can, hear it. Yeah, I can hear <laughs> it. Like, and anytime like five notes that are that just... the major comments get said during this section, that sound, that low menacing string mm-hmm. hits. And then you have the lyrics and all the other crazy, yes. amazing, yes. the piano, all yes. that stuff that's happening. But as Jess's intensity during that search increases like the music crescendos Mm -hmm. and it gets really intense and then 
as she's reading in the journal it's less intense when Ainsley is reading in the journal but it's still got like the creepy but then yep. when we're back to the frantic it's happening and then that ominous rumbling hits really hard when Malcolm says we might lose her mm -hmm. that same sound hits again and it's just this musical backbone of how serious this is of how devastating it is for everyone involved and then it, the, it's the last thing we hear as well so once we hit the part where Ainsley has come to bed with her mother and, and all that, the very last thing that we hear as we're watching Jess watch Ainsley is this doo -doo 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 -doo. like like yeah. she's she's like what the hell is gonna happen? Yes. Um, and one thing I want to say, and I can't even take credit for it. I'm gonna shout out my husband Bryant. Um, we were watching this, and he goes, "Oh, so Ainsley just laid on Martin's side of the bed, huh? That's convenient." <sighs> oh my god. <laughs> And I just dude, went, oh, holy oh, shit. what? I, 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 was I didn't have I was like a mama bear. I was like, I'm so proud. <laughs> I, wasn't even, it's like, I wasn't even thinking of that. And in I my was, head, a little part of me was like, damn it, I didn't think of that. <laughs> my brain was so fixated on the, the music yeah, over so the so much visual. happening, but I wonder because I mean Jess was kind of in the middle of the bed. She's been 20 yeah. years by herself. But I'm like, God, there has to be some kind of like here there, we go. There has to be. Because there's that meme that went around on social media that was like killers Jessica has slept with. And it was like Martin Whitley, Nicholas Endicott, Ainsley Whitley, you know, because, you know, um, but I, that there's some meaning to that. There's some possibility there that like there she is on her dad's side of the bed. And there's Jessica laying behind him awake at night, wondering yeah. what's going on and all yep. that. Like it's so full circle. Oh yep. And I, you know, shout out to my husband, but you suck. Cause I wish I'd have thought of it. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Dude. It was, I mean, honestly, from it's Tom Payne said this too, during his tweet, like the editing, the music, the acting, the writing, the, like, this was such a powerful and well done episode that, like I challenge anyone to give this less than a 10 yeah. on your IMDB ratings. Like, yeah. unless you're still pissy about other storylines and shit that are happening. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's just, it is a masterful work of television from beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, and I'm stoked and terrified for what's going to happen next with these people. Like, Since we had that, that felt like a finale to be yeah. honest. Like it, it did. It felt like a finale reveal, like, oh man, what's gonna happen? And no, 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 it was episode four. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a yeah. mid-season finale. It was just that one episode over here. Yeah. So now I'm very terrified in a happy way of, of where this is headed. Yeah. And I have to keep reminding myself that like, that was early, that was four episodes in. Yeah. But at the same time, we only have 13 episodes for whatever arc they are planning from start to finish, wherever that ends up. So it's like, Okay, we're almost halfway. Yeah, I th like I think our episode two oh six. Not like a third, is, third of the way. Yeah, I think our episode so. two oh six is going to be for all intents and purposes our mid season finale, yeah. mm -hmm. because it is the first time that we're going to have a break, a break week after an episode, um, mm -hmm. coming up. They've are because they have said through pictures that the first episode that Catherine Zeta Jones is in is on March second. And it's episode seven, but episode six airs two oh. weeks before that. Mm. So okay. they have accidentally told us that there's a break week in there after episode so six. So we can prepare ourselves for it. Yeah, that works and, for us. <laughs> yes. And given, but given the content or what they've released as the content of episode six, I'm very interested in, is that going to leave 
where's that going to leave Malcolm and his condition and this and that and the other mm-hmm. um, there. So I'm just, I'm, if you're watching this episode and you're still not trusting the writers and you're not trusting the process of this show, then I love you, but it might be time for you to roll. Yeah. Because my goodness, how can you see the masterpiece that this is and still be, I don't know, or what are they doing? Like, honestly, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And as a, not a, I wanted to say reader, but as a, any consumer of any form of entertainment, especially entertainment that tells a story, you need to let go of control. Yeah. yeah. Person with anxiety over here saying, let go mm-hmm. of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you got to let the writers do their yeah. job. You got to let them take mm-hmm. you where they want to take you because if you don't, they're going to still try and take you there, but you're not going to get there entirely because you're still trying to go somewhere. Yeah. And this is I mean, this is one hell of an entertaining ride. Like I mean, yeah. just watching that whole episode, I was so hyped, I couldn't sleep. Oh I mean, my normally gosh. I have troubles on Tuesday nights anyway oh, because no, my mind you were is just... racing. Yeah. But I I couldn't. Like I could not get over the music cues, I could not get over that finale scene. There was so many moments that in my brain, as an adult human with a day job, <laughs> I could not calm down. Like I could no. not turn it off. Nope. Because it was just so well done. And yeah. props to everyone in front of and behind of the cameras. I mean, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know that I'm going to see a better formed episode of television this year, unless you all give me one later. And I trust you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but damn, if that wasn't some amazing television. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time to say farewell. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to watch this episode about four other, four more times this weekend yeah, before we think, uh, we hit up the next one on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I rewatched this one the most, and yeah. like I didn't oh, even sure. take notes every time. Like the first for rewatch sure. I did, I just I was not in the right headspace, yeah. and I just put it on and I just watched again. All right, so um, hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hopefully we can keep upping the ante and bring even more intensity as we go, and we yeah. all just have to check on each other. I think I suggest. We, we form a Toy Story strategy. Get yourself a moving buddy, okay? Find yourself a partner. <laughs> Do you Every have so your often, exit buddy? Yes. <laughs> Every so often, just kind of check on them. Like, hey, it's Tuesday night at 11. How you doing? I, I, I see that you watch the East Coast feed. Are you still breathing? Are, are we feeling okay right now? West Coasters, you all hook up with each other together because I'm going to be asleep at that point. Uh, West Baby. Coasters can be moving buddies together. Ugh. Oh all right guys yeah so, we got our um, we got our uh, buddies we check on each other <laughs> <laughs> we will see you guys next week we've got a bonus episode of interview with nathaniel bloom coming your way and we've got whatever shenanigans the writers and the crew and the cast throw at us for next week so hit us up yep. on social social media let us know what you think about it and until then we will see you guys next round Later. Peace out. bye-bye <laughs>